So as I was putting this message together this week, I was reminded of a quote from the Star Wars movie series. <laughs> it was a quote from the character Yoda about hate. So I searched on YouTube because it's been a while since I've seen the film. And it was from the 1999 episode one, The Phantom Menace. Um, to give you a little background about this, if you either haven't seen the film or like me, it's been a while since you've seen it. Qui-Gon, a Jedi Knight, senses a strong presence of the Force with Anakin Skywalker. He is convinced that he is the prophesied chosen one that is destined to restore balance to the Force. Qui-Gon then asks for permission to train Anakin as a Jedi, but the Jedi Council refuses his request. They are rightly concerned that Anakin is vulnerable to the dark side of the Force. As most people who are familiar with the series know, Anakin Skywalker ultimately becomes the villain, Darth Vader. Undaunted by the Jedi Council's refusal, Qui-Gon vows to take up Anakin as his new apprentice anyway. But it was during this interview between Anakin and the Jedi Council that contained the quote that I remember. So here is a transcript of the scene. Yoda asks Anakin, and I can't think of his voice, so I'm sorry. But if you know Yoda, he speaks a little bit, uh, the sentences are jumbled up a little bit. So Yoda asks Anakin, how feel you? Anakin replies, cold, sir. Yoda asks, afraid are you? Anakin says, no, sir. Yoda replies back, see through you, we can. Mace Windu, a fellow council member, then speaks up and says, be mindful of your feelings. Kai Ad Mandi, yet another council member, and I had to look him up because I didn't know who he was. Your thoughts dwell on your mother. Anakin replied, I miss her. Yoda then says, hmm, afraid to lose her, I think. Hmm? Anakin sharply replies back, what has that got to do with anything? Yoda says, everything. Then Yoda says one of his most famous and profound quotes from the Star Wars series. Yoda says, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. And hate leads to suffering. Then the scene ends with Yoda saying, I sense much fear in you. So this was actually a major foreshadowing of what would happen to the character Anakin through that prequel trilogy and then through the original trilogy of Star Wars. As many Star Wars fans have noticed and made this connection, when Yoda said fear leads to anger, this perfectly fit with how in episode one, that first movie in the prequels, Anakin was a scared little boy. And that fear morphed into anger in episode two, where Anakin was a teenager with a bunch of anger issues. And when Yoda said anger leads to hate, it fitted with episode three, the final part of the trilogy of the prequel, where Anakin becomes a very hateful man. And finally, Yoda says hate leads to suffering. And we can see throughout the original trilogy that originally came out, Anakin now is this Darth Vader character, and he is constantly suffering with who he really is. So although Star Wars is a fictional story with fictional characters, the depiction of how hate destroys a person is very real. Without the fear of the Lord, people have many other unhealthy fears. Without God, people are angry and they practice hatred. 
And that hatred will lead to a path of destruction. But with God, when you are in Christ, you are no longer a slave to fear. You are no longer a slave to anger. You are no longer a slave to hate. And that means a genuine, born-again believer will make a practice of love instead of a practice of hate. And they will display that love openly to the world by how they love the brothers and sisters in Christ. It will be a love that is noticeable. And that's the truth that we are going to be focusing on today. So please turn in your Bibles to 1 John. We'll be conducting our study in chapter 2. And specifically today we're going to be focusing on verses 7 through 11. And the title of our message today is called Love of Believers. Now before we consider our text, I'm going to ask you all to please join me in the time of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we open up your word and we prepare to study it, Lord, we ask you for your guidance. We only want your truth to come out, Lord. So Lord, guide my mouth, guide this message so that it reveals your truth. And your words from scripture are what affect the people listening, Lord. Because your word is power. And we know that it has the power to change, Lord. So Lord, if we're all listening to your truth from your word, Lord, have it go down deep into our marrows, into our beings, so that we may practice it to the world and show them who you are, Lord. Let us be a mirror that reflects your light. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I will pray this in your precious son's name, in Jesus' name. Amen. So 1 John chapter 2, verses 7 through 11, the passage reads, Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says that he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So let's look at our first point. We'll look at verse 7 first. My first point is an old commandment. Again, verse 7 reads, Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, an old commandment, that you have, that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. So John is telling his audience, and what he's, what he's about to describe here is not a new commandment, but it's an old one. And actually, in John's second letter, in John, in 2 John verses 5 through 6, he actually explicitly says what that commandment is. So let's take a look at that for a second. It says, And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment. Just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you would walk in it. 
So the old commandment is that we love one another, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ. So what does that look like? Well, Church John describes that too. He said, love is walking according to God's command. And this command is something that we have had from the very beginning. It's a command that we see throughout the Old Testament. For example, take a look at Leviticus 19.18. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And take a look at Deuteronomy 6.5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. But at the same, at the same time, John is saying that this is also a new commandment. So let's take a look at our next point, that it's also a new commandment. So verse 8 says, And at the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away, the true light is already shining. So at the same time, this commandment is new because love was perfectly modeled by Christ. So it wasn't until Calvary that we as a people saw the full power of unconditional and godly love. So just take a look at what the New Testament says in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The love of the Father for his own sheep, that love where he willed to sacrifice his only son, that he loved perfectly. And the love of the Son for his own sheep, who loved and who obeyed his Father so perfectly. And the love of the Holy Spirit that testifies of these truths perfectly. We see the whole trinity in here. This is perfect, unconditional, godly love. Also look at what Christ himself said about love in John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. So with this perfect, unconditional, godly love, Christ has bestowed this upon us. So we are likewise, after we receive this love and have this overflowing of love, we now need to share that love with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And this sounds radical because that's a radical type of love that he gives us. And it's a radical message because it's so common that we look into our world and see what certain relationships look like. You see different schoolmates who will be fighting, or co-workers mistreating each other. You read about teammates, how they're jealous of each other, friends ending relationships, families hating different members. But amongst believers, we are supposed to be different. We're supposed to be loving each other in such a radical way, the world looks at us and says, wow, that's, that's amazing, the way that they love each other. And that should reflect Christ. In fact, Jesus says that the way we treat each other shows the world that we are his followers. Just read John 13, 35. But this, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love 
if you have love for one another. The one another here that's being used is a specific reference to brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes, we are supposed to love everybody, but specifically we have to make a priority of how we treat our brothers and sisters in Christ. And this takes us to our third point. Still in the darkness. Verse 9. Whoever says that he is in the light and hates his brother is still in the darkness. In the original Greek, the word hate conveys the idea of someone who habitually hates. And a person that would be marked by a lifestyle of continual hatred. So hating anyone, especially a genuine born-again believer, is a sign that a person is walking in darkness. Simply put, born-again believers do not hate followers of Christ. Or for that matter, even our enemies we are to love. As it says in Matthew 5, verse 43 to 48, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is a powerful message that Jesus is giving just take a look at social media and how people who identify as believers treat each other. We need to be better at this church because the world is looking, and this is the example that we're giving. We must model for them true Christ-like love. Just like a marriage between a husband and wife is to represent Christ in the church, See, everything that God has told us to do represents and points back to Him, so we have to be faithful. So John is very clear that to practice hatred of anyone is not compatible with those with a renewed mind. And this aligns us and this truth this truth that is consistently said lines up with all of Scripture. We look throughout all of Scripture and we see that it's constantly there, that we must love one another. There is no such thing as a lone wolf Christian because we have to love each other. There's also another major truth that we can pull from this verse. One does not go from darkness to light and then back to darkness and maybe go back to light. That formula does not exist in Scripture. The first thing is we all start out in darkness. And if we are living in opposition to God's commands, then it is proof that we are still in the darkness. Notice what John says, still in the darkness. So it's not that we are in the darkness and go back to light and go back and forth. Once we experience light, we do not go back to darkness. That's done by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's important for us to keep in our minds. Once a person is made brand new, they stay in the light. Those currently in darkness, we know 
based on the authority of Scripture, they have never experienced life. So let us be merciful and learn how to reach them. As Jesus made it clear in the Gospels in John 10, 28-30, I give them eternal life and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I am the Father of one. Understand this, that if you are born again, you are in Jesus' hand, and no one can separate you from him. The question is, do you have a genuine faith? Is it built on truth? Is it built on the true Jesus? Is that what your faith is in? Jesus said, no one will snatch a follower, a follower of his from his hands. So you cannot lose your salvation. And at the same time, this is not about cheap grace, where once you're saved, you can just act whatever way you want to. If that's how you act, and you act in a way where you're disregarding God's commands, then it simply reveals something. What you called a profession of faith wasn't actually genuine. It wasn't real. It's important for us to understand these facts, and that's why 1 John is a great epistle where we can look through it and evaluate ourselves and see where do we stand with God. Remember what, God, remember what John said in the second epistle. And this is love that we walk according to his commandments. To make a practice of disobeying God's commands is to reveal one's true self. To make a practice of disobeying his commands is to reveal one's darkness and total ignorance of the light. And this takes us to our next point. Abiding in the light. Verse 10, whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. If you genuinely love your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, then it is because you have been transformed. You are now a follower of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. You've, made, you've been made brand new. That love that you have for others was first found when God loved you. And now from that outpouring, you're loving others. For if you genuinely love God, then you will likewise also love your neighbor. And what group of people can be considered your closest neighbors than your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? Beloved, I want to remind you of that conversation between Jesus and that lawyer in Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. This is significant. All the law is built on these two commands. Even the Ten Commandments. The first four are dedicated to God, and the other, four, other six are dedicated to how we treat others. Everything that you do, if you follow those two commandments, you fulfill all the laws that are in the New Testament, all the prophecies. This is what we need to strive for. And look at the end of the verse and we will see an allusion to Psalm 119, verse 165, which reads, 
Great peace have those who loved your law. Nothing can make them stumble. So the text that says cause for stumble in verse 10 refers to a person that trips up or causes other people to sin. When someone makes a practice of breaking God's commandments, their behavior often prompts others to follow suit and also break God's commandments. You know the expression, monkey see, monkey do. Causing others to stumble is encouraging them to go on a cycle of destruction and sinful behavior. We have to pay attention to ourselves. We cannot be a stumbling block for others. You have to understand that there are certain people who are non-believers and they're going to look at you and assume that Christianity is what you're, how you're acting. There are going to be other people who are still young in the faith. You need to give them an example so you don't mislead them. We have a great responsibility that God gives us that we have to follow, and we have to turn to Him and follow what He says. However, this verse says that those who walk in the light are not a cause for stumbling. So if you're a true believer, you are not causing others to stumble. Verse 5, or point, fifth point. Lost with no direction. Verse 11 reads, But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. John ends the, pas the passage with a very bold rebuke. Whoever hates a member of the body of Christ is living in darkness. A walk of darkness. They are lost with no proper direction for their lives. As Proverbs 4.19 says, The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. The darkness they are consumed in has made them as individuals blind to the truth. Blind to the truth found only in God's word. Church, note the truth found in 1 Corinthians 2.14 and how it relates to this text. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. In order to understand truth, you need God to act. And that's why we need to go to God and plead to him, Lord. The ones who are lost, Lord, bring back your shield, call them. We, when we don't have a relationship with the Lord, and you need to cry out to Him, Lord, change my heart. Open my eyes. Dead men and dead women can't see the light. They need God to give them new eyes to see. And then and only then can they accept God's truth. So as this message comes to a close, I want to share this. There's a story about a man who was walking down the street. He passed a used bookstore, and in the window, he saw a book with the title, How to Hug. He was taken by the title, and began, and being a somewhat romantic, of being of a somewhat romantic nature, went in to buy the book. To his dismay, he discovered that it was the seventh volume of an encyclopedia, and that covered the subjects of how, and the subjects of hug. So likewise, everyone knows that the church is to be a place where love ought to be manifest. Unfortunately, many people, when they come to church, hoping to find a demonstration of love, 
only discover an encyclopedia on morality and theology that's void of love. So we have to remember, we are the church, and we need to show the world true love. A knowledge of scripture is part of the Christian walk, but this is not what identifies us to others as believers. It is the obedience to God's word. It is the love we have for God. It is the love we have for others that mark us as believers. And this reminds me of that Christian hymn, that we are one in the spirit, we are one in the Lord. We are one in the spirit, we are one in the Lord. And we pray that our unity will one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yeah, they'll know we are Christians by our love. We will walk with each other. We will work side by side. We will work with each other. We will work side by side. And we'll guard each man's dignity and save each man's pride. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yeah, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Beloved, go out this week and let them all know that you are a Christian by your love. Go out and let them know that you are one with the Holy Spirit. That you are part of the body of Christ. You are one with the Lord. Go out and work with your brothers and sisters in Christ, working side by side. Go out and obey God's commands. And this way, others will see you and they will know that you are Christians by your love. To God be the glory. Amen.